Most of us at some point have worked for a company with an HR department, Human Resources. We're familiar with the jargon and usually have brushes with the team entering or exiting a role. But what about HR the musical? As part of Summer at Q Theatre, HR the musical is hitting the stage. The show is made up of vignettes featuring work environments, including corporate and governmental, and one artists are more familiar with, the gig economy. Here's a sneak preview of one of the songs from the show. It's called Mansplain It to Me. I particularly love it when the things I'm known for knowing, like the things in which I earned my PhD, get told to me in rather uninformed, uncertain terms, but told so very condescendingly. Mansplain it to me I could never do this on my own Mansplain it to me Who cares that I didn't ask And you just don't know I really want to hear from you Especially if it's about the economy Particularly on questions of technology. That's a snippet of one of the songs from HR the Musical. Earlier I spoke to writer and creator Amy Mansfield and I started with why. Oh, that's a goodie. Well, I think over the years I've been observing and sometimes experiencing um, ridiculous and sometimes objectionable things within work environments and so I've kind of been collecting some of these stories and then a couple of years ago I started to think about it a bit more seriously and started talking about it with people and really got the sense that this was going to be something that would resonate with people um, right now but also potentially going ahead. I don't want to say going forward. Going forward. It's become one of those phrases, hasn't it? I actually nearly a had a song called Going Forward, <laughs> which was going to be a march where the actors were going to have to be marching backwards. But I didn't quite do that in the end. <laughs> this is a musical comedy and it's been two years in the making. So how did you start? Did you start with the songs in mind? Did you start with the song titles or did you start with the vignettes? So the scenes that make up the show? Yeah, I think... The actual sort of serious making of it started really with the songs. Although I had these different vignettes in mind, really what I what I did is I started writing fragments of songs. And I have a very non-linear process, much to the distress of most people that I work with. So there's a lot of patchworking that happens. Um, but I kind of just have faith that... Uh, in time, you know, there will everyone will have the aha moment, including me. And uh, to date, that's worked. <laughs> It'll come together in the end. Yeah. The show touches on recent workplace themes like the great resignation and quiet quitting. And you just mentioned earlier that you felt like now was the right time for the show and, and now felt like a relevant time. Can you talk more about how those themes are shown in the musical? I feel like we've taken the opportunity to approach some of those questions from a number of different um, standpoints. Partly 
that is um, afforded by using so many different musical genres, <laughs> which has been a lot of fun. And, and I think there's been the opportunity to kind of juxtapose uh, some of those themes and, and get to them, you know, get a different angle on them because of, of the genre in which they're presented. Yeah, and in terms of why is this particularly interesting now, well, I think a lot of people, more and more people, are starting to think and write about this. Um, obviously, during COVID, people had a chance to reassess um, aspects of their lives and, um, and, and how time kind of operated. A lot of people have been writing and thinking about time. And I think a lot of, a lot of the interesting side of you know, thinking about work is, well, we've only got X amount of time on the planet. We don't know how much time we have. Uh, we're spending a lot of time working, so it sort of needs to be considered and reconsidered as to why it's happening as it is right now and there whether were, it needs to change. There was a lot of evaluating during COVID, wasn't there? Because you obviously with the lockdowns, the working from home, so sort of the practical side. And then people, like you say, really thinking about how they wanted to spend their time. Did you have that experience? I mean, I've been having that experience since I was a toddler, I think. I... Uh, I remember standing in my grandparents' garden before I started school, looking at them, and they were in retirement, and, and I was thinking, wow, it must be really cool to be retired. And that was obviously before I'd even entered this, the education system, let alone, <laughs> you know, had a career or anything. Can you talk a bit more about that, about seeing your grandparents retired and that, that sort of being the goal? I think that's quite a, maybe it's a New Zealand thing, a Western thing, that the dream is to retire at some point. Can you talk more about how that then affected your work life? I guess one response to that is to, to sort of think, well, if we're in the business or in the process of reassessing the idea of retirement, the idea of retirement presupposes that you know, you're working before that and for a very long time. Um, but of course, it doesn't have to be that way. And it hasn't always been that way. So some of my kind of reading and research has been about how, you know, societies, non-Western societies and older societies actually worked or didn't work, <laughs> as the case may be, and how that was actually fine. Uh, and, um, you know, there wasn't necessarily productivity guilt going on in the same way that there is now. Um, so, yeah, and then... Another kind of take on it, I guess, is this idea of rest as resistance, which is really how I've kind of, I've looked at the quiet, the idea of quietly quitting. Well, there's a song called Quietly Quitting, which is sort of subtitled Rest as Resistance, um, because one of, the, one of the ideas is that you shouldn't only rest in order to um, restore yourself in order to work again. You know, there might be something actually intrinsically good and human about resting, um, and yeah, quietly quitting is kind of one expression of that, but there are there are others. For those who aren't familiar with that phrase, quiet quitting, this is how I understand it. It's effectively doing the bare minimum of your job and that's sort of it, or doing just what's required of you and not going above and beyond and hustling 24-7. And so it's been dubbed this quiet quitting phrase as if you're just sort of doing just what's necessary and that's enough. That's right. And I think, I mean, it, I think it probably originated in the United States. It does have a different kind of work culture from what ours is here in Aotearoa. But um, I still think it's kind of interesting 
to consider why, you know, there's so much negative kind of vibing going on around the idea that people should not have their lives revolve around work. Yeah. Um, and emails at all hours. Well, emails, yeah, I have a song about emails, um, <laughs> even though, you know, it's a little bit kind of retro to talk about emails these days, but uh, emails standing in for kind of all digital communications, whether that be through Teams, Slack yeah. or Messenger or, you know, any of the other <laughs> plethora of um, <laughs> platforms on which we're expected to communicate. The musical includes a range of genres. You mentioned earlier it, it includes country, waltz, blues and even rap, they are all completely different. Was that quite a challenge to try and write something that would then fit all these categories? Uh, Well, that's kind of why we're seized upon the idea of review at this point, not just because it's a nice kind of pun with a performance review, you know, which is a common kind of HR term um, or practice. Um, Yeah, I mean, I am interested in in all kinds of music. So it's not really an odd thing for me to think I might do something in one and something in another. Um, But again, uh, it just really, things announce themselves at different times and you don't necessarily know why. You've always incorporated work life into your work. So even at university, you had notes about lectures. I'm not talking about study notes here. I'm talking about notes about things or or ridiculous things that were said during the lectures. Why do you think you've always been so intrigued by this? I think, um, yeah, when I was at university, various of my um, lecturers, but probably those in the English department in particular, and and I guess German as well, kind of drew my attention to this this sort of fundamental thing, in in, in the English language at least, of the verb to be and the verb to do and the verb to become, and this idea, you know, that what you do or what you have done um, somehow defines who you are, you know. So that's sort of at the crux of when people think about, you know, they are their work or, you know. And these days people say they work like a machine, and obviously that's an issue too these days because either we are machines or we will soon (laughs) be replaced by them. Um, But, yeah, so it's really about identity and the extent to which our identity and our kind of humanity and humanness um, is related or should be related, you know, in some some ways I'm kind of making some judgments here, to what we do. Have you ever worked in an office job or in a role where there was an HR department? Did you bring some of those stories into this musical? Yeah, I mean, I've worked in a number of different types of organisations from kind of corporates to global to... Um, central and local government and also kind of like family-run businesses and now I'm kind of working for the boss that is moi. Um, The dream. And I've got a few things to say to her, (laughs) you know. Um, But one of the things that once happened is we were distributed with this HR policies and procedures manual, which was around about 120 pages long and just detailed all of the things that you might think people don't actually need to have told to them. And at the time, everybody in the office environment was sort of bobbing up and down. It was open plan, and they were, like, reading, like like in a, I don't know, a poetry reading. They were standing up and down reading um, extracts from this thing. And, yeah, so the sort of entertainment value of some of this stuff, I think, goes back to that manual. <laughs> Maybe that was actually the genesis of yeah, it Yeah, yeah. This is being performed as part of Q Theatre's Summer at Q. So there's three performances. 
Are there hopes for a longer season? Will there be another showing? We we definitely have plans for another season. Uh, they I can't announce them yet, but it's, it's not uh, my place to. But yes, um, there will definitely be another season in Auckland and looking to go down the country as well. Okay, so it's a watch this space. Yeah, and I'm really thinking about it as, you know, this is an iteration, like being a modern woman and all. <laughs> it's an iteration of what I hope will grow um, with funding and with more cast and with perhaps a little bit more time. Mm-hmm. What do you hope audiences will take away from this show? Well, I'm always keen for people to laugh and to think and to do. You know, I'm not one of these people who thinks they should just go to the theatre or watch TV or do anything and then continue with their life as though nothing ever happened. So what they what they do next is, is up to them because there are you know, various questions offered up that people will answer in their own different ways. But um, I hope that they do something differently in relation to their own kind of life as it relates to work.